Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. I'm Laura Koo. And I'm Heather McGee. Today we're looking back at 2022, then looking ahead to the future. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us again. Um, This week, we're really excited to kind of kick off the year and think about what we want and what we've accomplished and all of those good things. But before we dig into all of that, um, as a reminder, please subscribe on Apple, subscribe on Spotify. um, If you um, participate in our monthly subscription, which is $1.99 a month via Apple or Spotify, you get extra episodes each month and a 10% shop discount, which is really fun. And if you go to thirstythepodcast.com, you can see all of our fun thirsty mugs and hats and stickers and t-shirts and all of that fun stuff. So you can stay cozy and drink your coffee this winter with some thirsty gear. And also as a reminder, please rate, review, and follow us on podcasting platforms, on our socials, um, so that you don't miss all the fun stuff we have planned. All right. So like you all, we are in the throes of a big holiday season. And this is actually going to air. We're recording it a few days before it actually airs. So actually Christmas has not happened officially for us yet, but you're going to be listening to this starting Monday, the 26th. So it's going to be a little bit afterwards. You know, Laura, I already had my Christmas. So I had my Christmas with the kids last weekend. Laura, are you, you have yours coming up. What does your Christmas look like? Yeah, so I am kid-free for a few days, so I have bought a bunch of champagne. I have bought things for charcuterie. I have bought ingredients to make my own um, burrata. That's my plan is to make and consume a lot of cheese and sparkling beverages and watch Christmas movies and wrap presents. And then on Christmas Day, my kids come over and they get to unwrap their presents. And if they're nice, I'll share some of my cheese with them. Wait, you're going to make burrata. That's How do you the do plan? That? I How don't do you know. Do I've got, I got, I've got a kit. Okay. <laughs> but I'll like, share some with you, Heather. Um, okay. There'll be a lot. It's a whole gallon of milk. So I feel like that's going to make a lot of cheese. Okay. I've only made cheese once in my life and it was real messy and a whole thing. <laughs> yep. It's yeah. going to be a whole thing. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Um, and you've also got some other news. You've got uh, some love stuff going on in your life. Do you want to share that update? I know we're going to go deep on that in a whole episode pretty soon. I know he's going to get an episode, so that must mean he's kind of legit. Um, but yeah, I think we've loosely talked about this guy. We talked about him a little bit at the start of the season, and then we talked about him a little bit during the breakups episode we had, and now we are <laughs> back together. <laughs> You did and, one of mine, the boomerang thing. <laughs> uh, this is the big old boomerang. Um, but yeah, he he lives out of state, so I'm learning all kinds of long distance love lessons, and I'm real happy and it's real good. So I'm excited to dig more into it in our episode. That's exciting. I'm happy for you. I have met him actually, and he's very great. He is great. <laughs> yeah, really nice. All right. So 2022 was a real big year for us. Like I started writing things down while we were getting ready for this episode. You know, it's the end of the year. So it's a good time for us to think about what we've learned, what the experiences we've had, the highs, the lows. 
over the course of the year. I think that's pretty normal to mm-hmm. do that at the end of the year. And I started looking at things. And I was like, wow, this is a really big year for both of us in very different ways, but pretty significant. So for you, what were your top moments or lessons or what do you, what do you want to say about your year this year? Yeah, I was thinking about this. I've been thinking about this a lot and what I want to say. And there's a lot of different things I could focus on, but I feel like everything for me kind of boils down to the idea of connection. And they're all kind of tied together in that way. Um, This year, I think I had just let myself be open to more connections, exploring things, um, not asking so many questions and just letting things figure themselves out. Um, you know, I leaned into my connection with Preston, who was on a past episode, and then on our subscription series, Thirst Trap, if you haven't listened to the Preston um, interview, that was really fun to have him on. And that connection really just taught me that, you know, I could lean into something without, you know, expecting it to be more than what it was supposed to be. And just, I got to be a little bit of a free spirit for a moment, which I'm not very good at. And then that man that I'm currently dating, who we just talked about, um, again, he's not local to Chicago. and really being open to connections, let me kind of lean into that situation as well. Otherwise I never would have met him and I wouldn't like, it would, I, I don't know what things would be like if I hadn't just been open to what that could be. I mean, I know this is fairly obvious, but it really does strike me now that we've been doing this podcast for long enough. It's long enough amount of time that we can look back and kind of see the journey a little bit. We've both changed so much. I'm just thinking mm-hmm. about you. One of the very first things you announced basically on this podcast was if he doesn't live within 30 minutes of me, it's not happening. Yeah. And so times have really changed. And so that's, a, I mean, that's been a, just a huge shift for me. And just, again, being open changes everything of how you look at things. Um, and that just has led me to different people in my life that I wouldn't have had before. And if I had been so strict on must live near me or must be this or must be that, then I would have missed out on a lot of people that were really great. So um, that's been just a really eye-opening lesson for me. And I'm grateful for that. I also kind of leaned into fitness this year. I've been a member of this gym for quite a few years, but I never really like was invested in it. And this year I decided just to do it and show up more and be a part of it. And shocker, I've made friends there. And I never thought that a gym was a place that I would make friends. It was kind of always a get in and get out situation. And now again, these connections and being open to it and trying and putting yourself out there has just made such a big difference for me. And, um, it's hard to make friends as an adult. Like it's not an easy thing to do to put yourself out there. And I'm kind of more on the shy side and I, it, that's really hard for me. And it's been so awesome that if you show up and you put yourself out there and you are open to connecting, then you can connect with people anywhere. And that's been really wonderful. Well, one thing that makes me think about too, because it is so true, it is so hard to make friends as an adult. And I also think coming out of a divorce, a lot of times you've been somewhat isolated because you've been heads down trying to figure out your family mm-hmm. and your marriage and all that for a while. So you come out and you're like, wow, I don't have a lot of close friends anymore because, you know, I kind of let them slip away yeah. while I was trying to save my life. And so I, I, one thing Laura and I have talked a lot about is how important it is to have community and how important it really is to have friends. And like a lot of times you get divorced and you're so focused on replacing the part, the romantic partner that you've lost But I know for me, one of my big learnings was like, wow, it's about so much more than that. It's about my friendships, really. Like, I would say that even came to the forefront, my friendships with other women and like finding that community. It's so hard to do, but it is so helpful and beneficial when you do find it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, as the idea of connections um, continues, 
I also feel like a stronger connection with my kids this year. And that's partly because they're seeing me in different ways or they're seeing me again, like the gym is a big one because the kids come with me sometimes and they're seeing me make friends through the gym. And then we're going to an event that's hosted by someone from the gym. And like, they're kind of seeing the, because your kids don't always see the, they kind of expect you to be friends with like the, you know, parents of their friends or things like that. So for them to see me develop a social circle, I think is really important and kind of, again, opens their eyes as far as who I am and that it's also important for me to have those connections and why that makes me a happier person and just better for all of us. So it's been, it's been just, there have been hard stuff this year, but there have been a lot of really great things that have happened too. Is there one moment from the last year that just really sticks with you, whether it was good or bad or of any sort, like something that you feel like is really going to stick with you? I mean, the, the, when we had that dating safety episode and I had, you know, if we think about kind of like one of the tough things from this year and, you know, I had always been so open to connections too, in a certain way and, you know, having a not great connection and getting a little spooked and feeling unsafe. Like that was eye opening for me as well to think about how I move about the world and being careful in different ways that I hadn't really thought about and that, you know, knocked me down a bit. So, I mean, that was definitely a significant piece from this year. But on the cool side, again, it didn't stop me from figuring out still what worked for me and not letting it stop me. And I, I'm, I'm happy that I was able to really on the heels of that meet the person that I'm dating now, which is pretty fantastic um, and interesting timing there. But on the on the good side, the thing that sticks out was definitely um, the trip to Vegas with Preston um, because that was... That was so fun. Like, I wish I could go back in time and just redo that weekend because it was so awesome. And if I get to do a third because it's our podcast and I can do whatever I want to do, um, running my first half marathon this year was also really cool. So we're going to have that as a pinnacle moment as well. Yeah, that was a good day. Yeah, all the things. And what about you, Heather? Like, you've had a whole boatload of things happen this year. Yeah, I didn't realize it till I wrote it down. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Um, I broke it. I broke mine in down. I broke mine down into a few numbers. Mine is a little bit like Spotify wrapped just a little <laughs> bit. If you're listening to this on Apple, sorry, I said, I mentioned the word Spotify, but I have one finalized divorce. I had two breakups, which finally in years past, it would have been more like, I don't know, 12 <laughs> <laughs> that, this year. I only had two breakups. I had one that stuck Sean, the smoke show. And then one that didn't current boyfriend we broke up for like a month and then we we're like mm, I don't think I actually <laughs> want to break up so two breakups I bought a house yeah one house and I house, love it though. yeah I love it so much it's a Chicago bungalow so for anyone who's familiar with that it's you know it's something I had always wanted to do so I'm, I'm really excited about that I went on one solo I went on my first big trip all by myself actually I don't think I've gone anywhere by myself on a big I've trip I've never done that no, I went to Berlin this summer and it was really wonderful. Um, so I went on my first solo international trip. I got a dog. We call hey. her Sophie the super dog and she's just the sweetest. Um, in a low moment, I got laid off from a job. My whole team got laid off in the spring right before my divorce finalized. <laughs> it was a little nerve wracking for a minute. Uh, and then I started a new one that's been really awesome and so great. And I love my new job and my team and what I'm doing. It's just ended up being just the perfect job for me. And I love it. In a real weird thing, as you, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know about this. 
I have an old date that I was involved with for about a year named Rowdy Ryan. And by coincidence, in a dating Facebook group where like women get together and they talk about dating, swap advice, those kinds of things. I met three of his other girlfriends and this whole thing came out where he'd been cheating and lying to everyone. (laughs) But the hilarious thing is we all became pretty good friends and we talk like all day, every day for the last three months now, which I just think is hilarious. We have a funny saying, sometimes your ex's ex is cooler than your actual ex. (laughs) So that was pretty fun. That was a pretty funny moment, I will say. This year, I fell in love one time, which that's a first for me. In the last few years, I've not gotten to that point with anybody so far. And I kind of make a joke about that, too. I think my heart, you know, I'm a little grinchy. So my heart grew two sizes from our OG group chat, which is me, Laura, and our friend who's not allowed on the podcast. These new friends and boyfriend. It was really making me feel good. It was was busy. Yeah. Those are a lot of things to happen in one year. Yeah, I feel like that's like five years or three years worth of stuff all at once. So I did have a few things settle and I did have a few big, you know, when I was sitting down, I wanted to think about it. Like I am very like, I want to think about things. I write them down. I don't journal, but I do write things down. I take pictures. My way of journaling is I take pictures. I think about things. I write them down, but not in an official journal, but it's kind of how I process things and how I take learnings out of it, which to me is really important. It's just how I work. So I had a few lessons that I took away from all this. I really started to make peace with my divorce and my new life. I think I really have gotten to a place where I feel much more peaceful than I did in times past. I mean, Laura Mm -hmm. saw me. So Laura, since we all know Laura got divorced before I did, I missed out on the Laura messy time. So I I didn't get it. It was real bad. (laughs) I'm really upset that I missed it. (laughs) Uh, but Laura got a front seat to mine. And there were, and when I say I couldn't get out of bed, that's not a euphemism. Like I would be texting our OG group chat from bed and be like, I can't get up today. And they'd be like, it's okay. Just stay in bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I finally this year really started to make peace with my divorce and my new life and to feel hopeful about it. That this isn't a downgrade. This is a new opportunity to create something new that feels right to me. And that's what a what a gift that is. So I've really started to see that wonderful, positive side of it. I found some confidence that I'm capable of living this life that I have chosen. You know, we've talked about this before. I do not have family around. I'm really on my own here. You know, and sometimes it's like, I'm a very confident person, but I think it's also normal. I I guess I'll just speak for women, for some women coming out of divorce. You have questions like, I feel like I had to leave, but what do I do now? How am I going to make this work? Am I going to be happy ever again? Is this just going to be like scrounging and, and fighting and hustling the rest of my life? That's not what I want. And I I think this year I finally got into a place where I can see, I can see what I want and I feel confident that I can have a good, peaceful, wonderful life. Like it, it's going to be okay. And I think it took me a long time to get there. And then because this is a dating and relationships podcast most of the time, I feel like we got to talk about that. I feel like my heart caught up to my brain. This is something we have not talked about before. And I think we could do an episode on it where I think there's a lot of things our brain knows. But you don't really know it down in your soul. Like, Mm -hmm. you know that toxic ex is so bad for you and you should not go back to him. Your head knows that. But your heart just feels this pull to him. And then you keep doing, making these bad choices because your heart is not in the place that your head is. And so I was dealing with that for a long time. I was making all these choices that my head knew were not good for me, but my heart just couldn't help itself. And I think this year, my heart finally really did catch up to my brain. I had so much less angst. I learned to walk away from situations I didn't like. Like that that was enough. If I didn't like it, that's enough mm-hmm. for me to walk away. I don't need to have a whole rationalization. If I don't like it, I can walk away and that's okay. 
I got healthy enough to date men who were healthy like me rather than broken like me. I think before I felt like to relate, they needed to be in the same broken place I was. That's not true. That's not true. I think that really speaks to where I used to be. I learned to communicate. That was my biggest thing this year. Communication is so hard for me. And while I'm a very fast texter, I'm very responsive. I have a really hard time bringing up things that I am scared of or that I'm nervous about or that I'm unsure about or that I don't like, especially with the person who it maybe includes. And I think I really learned to communicate this year and to find out you can do that and the other person isn't going to get mad at you most of the time, actually. Like I lived in such fear of it. And so I, I really worked on that this year. And I think I made a lot of progress. And I think my biggest thing is that I really learned how to collaborate instead of compromise, which that really means a lot to me. If I already have one takeaway from the whole year, I think that's what it is. That when you are in a friendship or in a family situation or in a romantic relationship, if you can figure out how to collaborate with that person where everybody gets what they need, I really think that's possible rather than let little pieces of yourself get like bitten off and fall away and break off over time, which a lot of times what leads to divorce, it just feels so much better to be, feel like you can be yourself, do the things you want to do, and the other person supports that. And you do the same for them. And then you're collaborating where you each are helping each other have the life you want to live instead of giving things up that maybe are important to you to make it all work. It's like, I don't know if I should be giving things up that are important to me in that scenario, which is a total flip from how I used to feel like 10 years ago. Yeah. And I feel like these are pieces that I see for you in your current relationship where like you all communicate well, you, you work together, you listen to each other, all of those things that are, you know, super healthy and how you grow these skills in a relationship. I mean, you can grow them in any relationship. It doesn't have to be romantic, but like, that's often where it does come out. Like often it's easier to communicate with your, well, with your friends than with someone you're dating because the stakes are so different. Um, but I feel like that you guys do a really good job of working through things and keeping things very healthy and just in a really good place. Yeah. I mean, it's making me think of, so on one of our subscriber episodes, Preston talked about what intimacy means. I think it was on maybe it was either part one or part two, but Preston definitely brought, brought it up. I think I was really scared of intimacy and emotional intimacy. Like these are things I'm worried about. These are things I'm not sure about. You know, like I invited my boyfriend to an event that's coming up and I was like, I don't, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little nervous because I don't know if you're going to be comfortable there. I don't know if you're going to want to go, but I would, it would mean a lot to me if you could come. He was like, I will absolutely be there, which that's, I know that sounds so a little bit sad, but like, I would have a hard time saying that in the past. Like in the past, I would have just not invited them because I wouldn't want them to feel pressured to go. Turns out you can like, just bring it to them and they, they get to decide whether they come, (laughs) you know? So yeah, it's, it's all very, uh, I've grown a lot this year. It was a big year, but I think it really like pushed me move forward in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think we both, like you said, we both have had just like big things and like overall good things, but like the really like a, a nice journey into like this healthy, great space. Like it's been really fun to like, for both of us, I mean, I don't watch myself, watch you, but like. <laughs> To, to see it all happen and to reflect on who each of us was at the beginning of the year. It's very different now. All right. So now we're doing a little bit of a switch. So we did a look back and now we're going to look forward and we have something kind of fun to talk about, or I think it's fun. Um, and I'll just preface it with this. We want to look forward 
the next year, 2023, and something that I just happened to see. So Google does this awesome ad every year, which I'm sure everybody's seen. It's the year in search. This year, one of the top search phrases was, can I change? Can I change my life? Can I change myself? Et cetera, et cetera. And I thought that was really interesting. So another thing about why, what makes Laura and I a really good, you know, we're really good friends, but then also good partners on this podcast is we are very different in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Like we very much respect each other's point of view, which is why it works. And we're neither of us are binary thinkers, but we're very different. I am a super strategist. I am, I've run many endurance races and I approach most things in my life strategically. What do I want to happen? What do I need to do to get there? And so I approach things that way. And then Laura, you're a little bit different. I just show up. It's terrible. Like it's not chaos, but it's definitely not. There's there's not a lot of planning. Like I know I want to do it. But like, again, if we use races as an example, you train and I Don't. show up. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's no other way to put it other than that. Like, I'm just going to show up and find out. Um, I have friends who plan Disney trips and they go through all of the things. I just took my kids to Disney and we kind of just showed up like that. That's how I'm going about things. And we still have a great time, but it's different. And I think that's like the, the moral of the story. Like we can all do things in different ways, but like, and, and have a great time and have it work out. And, you know, if I, don't plan for something and it doesn't work out, then I learned my lesson. I'm probably going to, and I'm not like a not planner, but you're very meticulous and careful and you stick to it. I'm not good at that. Yeah. We recently, Laura needed to paint a room in her house and we Uh talked about, so there are a few things that I am, I will be honest, kind of nuts about paintings. One of them, I'm so good at painting in my house and we had a little talk about it and Laura was like, you know, I, I don't think you should come over because we are very different in our painting approach. And I, she sent me a picture. I was like, are you even going to cover your floors? Nope. It could be 10 o'clock at night and I might decide I want to paint a piece of furniture and I'm just going to put it in the middle of my living room. I used to put furniture on like my kids board books, like little yeah. kid books. And I would prop it up in the middle of the living room and I would just paint things. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Well, here's, and here's the moral of the story. Be true to who you are and what works for you. There are many ways to get there, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the worst thing you can do is try to fit yourself into someone else's mold. So that's the moral there. So on, so the next step here is we're all about self-growth, you know, as we've talked about, like really looking at like why you're doing things, what you're doing, how can we be better? How can we make life great? All those things. So today we're going to share, or I want to share something that I have done pretty much yearly for years, like the last 15 years. I have a terrible name for it. I call it a life makeover. Like my life is so terrible and then I'm going to make it great, which is not really accurate, but I just don't know what else to call it. Uh, But I think today we might start call it more of a, like a self-growth strategy. But today we're going to go through kind of what my process is when I'm thinking about self-growth and strategy and and how I think about where I want to improve my life. How do I want to make my life better? And what do I do to make that happen? So what I do maybe once a year or every few years, so pretty regularly, is I will sit down and I'll create that life strategy. I'll think about what I want to do or where I want to grow as a person. If there are certain things that like my heart is just like hungering for, I will think about that and I will pay attention to it. And then I make a plan to make that happen. And I write it all down and I track it. I set a big goal. And then I come with a set of like little mini milestones that I work through and I see what works and what doesn't. It's a very strategic situation. And the thing that I think is important to say is I allow myself to fail. It's very experimental. Like I will try things, be like, well, that felt good. I think I'll keep doing it. And that was helpful. And I'll try something else. And I'll be like, oh, that was a disaster. Never doing that again. 
How do you feel like this process is different? I mean, we're, we're getting into New Year's resolution territory. So is this similar to a resolution? Do you feel like it's different? Like, what's your viewpoint? Um, I feel I so I don't do New Year's resolutions because I feel like New Year's resolutions involve a lot of white knuckling. I feel like those tend to be very prescriptive. I think sometimes they're very superficial. You know, like people that say things like, I'm going to have a banging body by March 1st. And then they like mm-hmm. kill themselves trying to do that. That's not, that's not an inside out type yeah. of reflection or change. And so the way I think about this is it's very inside out. It's like shifting things that are in my soul and in my heart. It's not about um, white knuckling my way through anything. And it really needs to feel like it's true to who I am and what I want. And it needs to feel good. It's supportive rather than prescriptive. So that is how it's a little bit different for me. I think a lot of times too, those New Year's resolutions never really work out. You know, like at the gym, January will be bonkers. All those people fall off. And I think a lot of times that happens when you try to pick something that's unattainable or it's not really your thing and you want it to be your thing, but it's not your thing and you can't just accept that. Or if we pick something that's not reasonable or we don't have support. Sometimes it becomes just another way to beat yourself up. And you know, and I don't think that's good for anybody. A lot of those resolutions are just a way to like show how you failed yet again. You know, and I, I don't like that. So no, it's not like that at all. I think it's more like trying things, seeing what feels good, seeing what moves you forward. Yeah. Again, I I agree that New Year's resolutions tend to not maybe have a lot of depth. There's a lot of superficial things that you're trying to change, but you're not really digging to the the deeper piece of things. Like maybe you do want to get more fit, but why, or what does that mean to you beyond just like the numbers on your scale or what pants you're wearing or whatever, like, but, you know, kind of digging a little deeper into, you know, a goal. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I will use a real apples to apples comparison here. I think there's a deeper layer. Like for example, if we go back to the body thing, cause I just think that's like a major, that, that's a very common so typical, one that yeah. people do. Like I, I actually think about you, like you're, that is not how you've approached it at all. Cause kind of what you, the process I've seen you go through in terms of working out and exercise, it has gotten to a place where it's, you love it and you enjoy it. And it's about taking care of your body. It's about being kind to yourself. It's about taking care of yourself, which those new year's resolutions are like, I want to lose 30 pounds and go to, you know, and do this, that, and the other, that's not what it's about. And I think that's really the important difference. And I think a lot of them too come out of like feeling bad about yourself. Like you've ended the year, you're not happy about where you're at. And so now it's a new year and you have to make these changes. And if you don't make these changes, then you're not happy with yourself rather than like having things come to where they need to be on their own timeline of like, all right, well, this is the point in time where like, I'm ready and I want to make these changes rather than like, it has to be decided today and I'm going to do these things. And it's because, you know, I'm sad that I'm still, you know, being single, I feel like it's another one, like oh, I ended yeah. another year and mm-hmm. you go through new years, there's all this hype. And if you're single, you feel really sad. And then you're starting this new year and you're alone and I need to change myself, fix myself so that I can get what I want this year in a relationship. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. No. And people are so mean to themselves. They're like, Oh, another year gone. And I failed again. Yeah. Like you're asking yourself the wrong questions. You're thinking about it the wrong way and putting in the dating context, another year single, you know, if that's something, you know, maybe you wanted to be in a relationship, another year single, and I'm all alone again. Maybe the question you should be asking is how can I create a life that I am happy with no matter who's in my life, mm-hmm. you know, cause you can do that. So that's that deeper layer that we're trying to pay more attention to because you can't control the other stuff. I'm sorry. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to be in love by the end of this year. 
how are you going to make that happen? You can put yourself out there. That's something yeah. you can do, but you can't like, it's so much about control and like beating yourself up. And I don't think any of that's healthy or productive. Mm-mm. It's not helping your heart. So I actually also have a worksheet for this. Uh, and I actually, we leveled it up and it's in, it's in the shop, which you can go take a look at after this episode, if it resonates with you. If you're a strategist like me, you're going to love it. If you're like Laura, mm, take a look and see. It's got charts and journals and and <laughs> principles and questions to ask yourself and things like that. So if that's your bag, you will love it. If you want to just kind of feel your way through, you may also like it. I don't know, but take a look and see. Anyway, so I have my worksheet that I use for this. And today I'm going to share my latest iteration. So I went ahead and did it for this year. So, and Laura was so kind and she agreed to just try it out, even though this is not really her thing. I participated and I did not dislike it. Also, um, to dispel any, like I journal, like I have my own processes for things, um, but I'm definitely not this meticulous. So it was interesting to sit and kind of break things down. I feel like we all loosely think about, again, things that we want or goals or whatever. And this was just more, I felt like a, a formal process that I've never sat down and really like intentionally it's it really just feels like intentional planning about yourself which I've never sat and done yeah and something we've talked about before as long as you're moving you're doing the right thing and if it feels good you're doing the right thing the whole point of this is to think more deeply about what you have going in going on in your heart what are things that maybe are bothersome to you and instead of staying there forever really thinking about that. Why is this the case? What can I do about it? And so kind of thinking about a strategy for how to address, or it can be as simple as understand it better. It can be that simple, whatever works for you. All right. So the first thing I like to start with is I like to think about you, cause it's real easy for this to go negative. Like all the things that are wrong with you. Let's not do that. Cause that's not what this is supposed to be about. But first off, you know, what are some core strengths that you really like about yourself? I felt like openness clearly because this podcast exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, authenticity, which I guess kind of falls within that and then kindness. And so I like to start with like some things that I really like about myself, my more confidence, bravery, and curiosity. And then anytime you're feeling kind of down, just remember that. Like, and the fact that you wrote it down or even in your brain, you identified it and put words to it, I think is helpful whenever you're having a hard time on a bad day. And so some other things I think about are just make some observations. What are some observations you might make about yourself or feelings that you have that you might want to look further into? And how do you feel about it? What do you want to do about it? Like for me, and I'm just being very vulnerable and honest today, I have a lot of anxiety about being a good mom. Like I am a good mom, but for some reason, I just feel a lot of anxiety. Like if things go wrong with my kids, if they have a bad day, if we have a bad day, I really beat myself up over it. And I noticed that. My, as I was thinking through this, um, I'm definitely not good at asking for help or accepting help. Like that is a, a big one for me. And that's within romantic relationships, within friendships, with my very nice neighbors who will offer to help with things. And I'll be like, nope, I've got it. I can do this. I can do like, I will like one time I bought a coffee table off of Facebook marketplace and it was huge. And I had to get it inside my house. And I could have asked a neighbor to help me and they would have. Instead, I have this massive, I mean, it's a huge coffee table and I'm pulling it out of the back of my minivan in pouring down rain. And I I finally realized, I'm like, I'm just going to have to drop this because unfortunately had like a steel frame. So nothing got damaged. It was a very, it's a nice table. I really like it. 
And then I dragged it into my house. I have scratches across my deck from the feet of this table because it was so big. And I'm like, what? Because that's what I do. I won't ask for help. I won't show vulnerability. I will just do it on my own or it's not going to happen. There are only two paths. That's hilarious. I, whenever I moved into this house, I had two things happen. One, our basement needed TV. And there was a huge deal at the time on a 75-inch TV. We have movie night. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can carry that. No, I can't. No, no. no, I can't. I got it home. And I was struggling with it on the street with two eight-year-olds, my kids. And they were not helping at all whatsoever. They were trying to help, but they were just making it worse. And this woman was walking by. She was like, do you need help? <laughs> did you accept her help? I did. I was like, I do. I do need <laughs> help. I had to admit defeat. And the other one, we were moving in. My boyfriend disappeared. It was moving day. And I realized I hadn't seen him for like a half hour. I was like, where are you? And I was walking all over the house trying to find him. And I found him upstairs. He was putting my bed together for me. And I was like, oh, this is so nice of you. Thank you. He was like, well, I knew you wouldn't ask for help putting this together. So I'm just doing it. <laughs> I have had multiple boyfriends who will get mad at me for like moving furniture around my house because sometimes I do create unsafe situations going up and down stairs with things and they're just like don't do it wait for me I will help you I'm like or like earlier this year I had to unbunk my kids bunk beds and my boyfriend at the time was supposed to come over and help me unbunk them and I get real antsy about rearranging and seeing how things are going to look and I just could not settle down and wait the two days for him to come over and help me and so I'm like well let me just see if I can do it and then he came over and I took him upstairs and he's like wait I was supposed to be helping you with this I'm like yeah like, I could do it it's fine I just laid on the bottom bunk and kicked the top bunk off with my feet it's fine um yeah I'm always just gonna do it I know it's like, I do have people who can help me. Like, I understand that. Um, but I'm just not good at even Heather, when you'll offer to help me with something like, I'm like, Oh, but should I, should I accept that help? Should I, is that too much? Is this, that too extra? But you and I were going to try and wall mount my TV, which would have been a disaster. So I'm glad we didn't do that one. <laughs> God. Yeah. I just know that one time you're going to be like, Oh, I'm underneath. I furniture fell on me, and I would be like, "Why did that happen?" And you're like, "I didn't want anyone to help me. I could do it myself." Just do it sometimes. So you can't wait for anybody to help you. Um, but no. So clearly, um, this is a great thing for me to think about this year because yeah, the person I am dating sees this in me. And while I think he likes that I'm strong, you know, not physically, well, I think pretty strong, but like in general, that like I, you know, take care of my own things and do all that. He also acknowledges he's like I know you're not going to ask for help with that I know you're just going to do it I know blah 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 and it's like well I don't want someone to think that I'll never let them in or never accept them helping things so with things so well, not I do. not now I mean let them know that later like <laughs> well I had like this stand for my tv like new legs for the tv and they had to be put together and he was here and so he was helping do it but he didn't help do it. He just did it. And I'm sitting there watching him assemble these things. And it was so hard for me to sit there and not be like, this is mine. I should be doing this. Not that I wanted to do it, but I feel like this is mine. I bought it. It's my project. Yes, I need your help moving the TV. I'll admit to that. But like, I should be the one assembling things. And I had to really like sit on my hands and just let him do it. And later he's like, I knew that was bothering you so much. And it's not that I can't let him do that. But I think I feel such a high level of accountability that these are my things. These are my choices. I should be the one to do them. Oh yeah. That it's hard to like let somebody in and not feel guilty or bad that they're doing something that I feel like is my job. I think that's like the core of my issue oh my gosh. most of the time. 
Yeah. So I even had that talk with my boyfriend. I was like, because he was trying to offer to help. So my boyfriend's an engineer. He like knows a lot about a lot of things that I don't. And so there've been a lot of times where things have come up and he's like, you know, I know how to do that and I'm happy to help. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not your job. He's like, it's not about whether it's my job. It's that I know how to help (laughs) you and I would love to help you if you would allow me to help you, but it's your thing if you don't want me to. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, we're ridiculous, aren't we? All right. So you make those observations. So I made an observation about I have a lot of anxiety about like, I really want to be a good mom. And I just kind of beat myself up. You know, if we have a bad day, I noticed that about myself. You notice that you're not good at asking for help or accepting help, which that could be one of mine as well. (laughs) And so what you do is you take that observation and you turn it into a goal. Like for me, having anxiety about my parenting becomes, I want to feel more confidence about being a good mom. I know I'm a good mom, but that anxiety is really bothering me. It's something I feel all the time. And so I want to feel more confidence. I want to feel more peaceful and settled and less like deficient, you know, because I'm just so mean to myself about it and so Mm -hmm. hard on myself. So that's my goal. I want to feel more confidence about being a good mom. I feel like mine's super simple because really it's just about you know, I want to be open to letting people I'm close with support me when I need it. And then kind of the other side of it is letting in new people, which I think is also really hard for me with new relationships of kind of letting them maybe see some of the messy and helping you like that's a a hard thing for me to learn. Established friendships like ours much easier, but newer people or like my neighbors who are very nice, but I don't know them super well. I have a hard time letting them maybe see what might be going on. Um, nothing bad, but like helping me move a piece of furniture or whatever, yeah. like that kind of stuff. Um, and so kind of, you know, letting, letting in some new people to help me too. Oh, well, that's such a normal divorced person type of feeling too. It's like, oh, I have to admit I need help with this. Cause I'm the only yeah. one who lives here. Like it, there's it's a hard. sense of shame to that, even though you mm-hmm. should not feel that way. But I mean, I, I think a lot of people do. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to tell some more stories last year, I had like an old dining room table in my back shed that I needed to put out by the curb for like furniture. Should I tell you how many dining room tables I had bought before I found the right one? It's like Goldilocks. And so this table needed to go out by the curb for like bulk trash pickup. It was a terrible table. It's a whole other story. And it's huge. It is a gigantic table, but it's made out of pine. So I'm like, well, it's not that heavy. I got it out to the shed by myself. So I just need to pull it down my really long driveway to the curb. And I am just dragging this thing. It is heavy. It's cumbersome, whatever. And my neighbor's outside and he's like, do you need some help with that? He's right there. He can help me. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I am You have this giant dining table. No, yes. I'm fine. I'm struggling. <laughs> and I hear him under his breath go, well, you're really strong or something. <laughs> like, I don't think I'm a lunatic. Um, but I just, in that moment where there is someone who could help me. I'm like, no, no, I've got it. I can handle all of these things. I want to make sure this person who doesn't know me well sees that I can, I can handle myself and I've got things under control, but like moron, let him help you take the the table to the curb. I couldn't. Well, now like talking it through, you know what it is? It's ego. It's like, there's a piece of that. That's what that is. Well, I also secondarily and less importantly, I'm sorry, we're getting way off track here. Secondarily. So I'm about, I'm decorating my room. So I've been real slow roll on decorating my house and my bedroom is huge. And I recently Mm -hmm. with Laura's approval selected a giant ass, huge mural that's going on an accent wall. And I'm so excited about it, but turns out these really beautiful walnut nightstands that are fairly new don't work with it. And I think Laura, Laura, it's your fault. Like I inherited your like 
buying like furniture or picking furniture and being like, this is wrong. You just have to have the right thing. Yeah. But you can't let me help you wallpaper because you're going to be there with like a level and a straight edge. And I like, I'm it. just going to like have things be crooked and just like, if you look oh closely God. at the wallpaper in my bedroom, <laughs> like barfable moment for me there's a spot where the pattern doesn't even match above the window you'll notice it next time you're here and you'll be like well, how do you live like this i'm like i just do you're like animals you're such a monster <laughs> i did i was making a joke i was talking to my boyfriend about painting the other day and he was like you know i would help you he knows he was like i would help you paint but i really don't think it would be up to your standards and i was like yeah lord <laughs> just painted her office like a monster <laughs> Oh, there is navy blue on this white trim all over and I need to go and fix everything. And it's been like two months and I still haven't done oh it. God. Just living in it. I started painting my front door a year and a half ago and I still haven't finished it. And there is still painter's tape around the edge of my door, which you'll notice the next time you're here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we, we should move on, but that's hilarious. All right. So <laughs> gather myself. All right. So here's another topic. So after you've set your goals, all right, like, you know, you know where you want to move to. You want you know where you want to shift you. I want to feel more confident about being a good mom. Laura wants to uh, maybe feel more open to not carrying a full dining room table by herself from her house yep. to the curb. Mm-hmm. And that's a long driveway. I've been to Laura's house. It's not yeah. short. So it's like, as we like to say, it's assemble the group chat, which a lot of times when you're talking about goal work and, and personal growth, we talk about accountability. And while I don't think that's the wrong word, I think about accountability a little bit differently. A lot of times when people talk about accountability, it's almost framed like a teacher, like you're in trouble at school. You get sent to the principal's office if you're not doing it right. I Throw that in the trash. That's not what this is. This is more about support. This is more about, hey, have you thought about this? Are you sure? Is this really what you want to do? Which when I think about you, Laura, and our friend that's not allowed on the podcast, that's how we operate with each other. Like, it is accountability, but it's not the principal's office. Mm-hmm. It's accountability. And hey, you were in this situation a year ago. Are you sure you are handling this in a better way? Are you using the things you learned a year ago for this situation? Which that's not principal's office. That That is a kind of accountability that actually puts it back to you. Are you really thinking about what you're doing and how you're doing it? And are you making better choices this time? Mm-hmm. Which I think that's good accountability. So whenever you kind of figure out where you want to go and you don't even have to like make a big deal about, but just think about like, if you want to talk to someone about things that are going on, or if you want to talk it through with other people, who would those people be? I think about who can support me as I work on this particular goal. I know for me, I wrote down one of my sisters. I wrote down our OG group chat because I mean, y'all would be on any list, honestly, of this sort, you know, because I completely trust you all to do that kind of accountability that is supportive, but also very candid and truthful. And a therapist, a therapist is another supporter for something like this that I really need to have in my, you know, accountability team. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, obviously like the person I'm dating, cause he's obviously clearly seen that I have these struggles. <laughs> um, some of my, you know, closer longtime local friends who have been friends with for years, but I tend to maybe not share as much about what's going on with me all the time. We don't speak as frequently. And so I tend to, you know, how you can kind of keep things to like the happy places and not talk about like the real stuff that's happening. And I'm guilty of doing that a lot. So being a little bit more open about what's happening um, in my life. um, Again, there's that kind of accountability piece with them, because if they know that I'm working on it, and they know that maybe they haven't been hearing the full story, they'll, you know, we'll all be a little bit more tapped in with each other. Yeah. Um, 
And then, I mean, obviously like, you know, our group chat, um, because even though I lean on you both probably the most as far as what's going on, you also are aware when things are happening where you could be like, hi, this would be a great opportunity for you to pivot in, you know, this way or that way, because, you know, you know that I'm not great about those things. And clearly this is probably something all three of us could work on. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. That is accurate. I mean, I really, I think this is the best kind of accountability because that's what I'm trying to draw the difference here. It's not about you're in trouble. You didn't do it right. You failed. It's about um, people that can track with you along the journey that you can talk to about it. So once you figure that out, who are going to be the people you're going to talk through with us and and kind of work through this journey along? They're going to be in the peanut gallery with you. Then set some milestones. These are not white knuckle goals. It's not, I'm going to go to the gym six days a week for the next six months, no fail. Don't do that. That is a ridiculous goal that nobody can live up to. It's not flexible. It's not supportive. That's just like beating yourself up. As someone who loves to work out, I would never do that to myself. So think about a few milestones that would help you on this goal. They should be small. They should be small. They should be attainable. And they need to be something you can control. Like to take it back into the dating example, someone's like, I want to be in a loving relationship by the end of this year. That's not, you can't do anything about that. Mm -hmm. A milestone you can control is I'm going to spend 10 minutes swiping on Bumble every day. Once a week, I'm going to swipe right on someone who's not my type. I'm always going to respond. I'm going to say yes to a date once a month. Those are things you can control. You can't Mm -hmm. control if you meet the love of your life, but you can control whether you're getting out there and actually participating and working towards something like that. So that's an example of the difference there. So for me, something that I've decided to help me feel less anxiety, and this is a small thing, but I think it's going to help. For the next month, I'm going to start a no devices at dinner rule. I want to have better mm-hmm. connections with my kids. And I think this will really be helpful. And I just want to see how it goes. No devices at dinner. We're going to sit at the table. Usually what we do is I stand up at our breakfast bar. My kids sit at like the yeah. bar and they eat theirs. And we're not really like stopping and sitting down. So I want to mm-hmm. create like a stop and hang out time around dinner. And I think that might be one thing I can try and see how that helps. Yeah, that gives you a good chance to talk about everybody's day and really like, because I, yeah, dinner time is a struggle here too, where the kids are set up at the table and then the other half of the table is full of all the stuff they've left on the table. So there's nowhere for me to sit. And so I'm sitting at the island away from them. And it's like, well, we're not all like t- together having this meal together. Um, I think a lot of people get stuck in that space. Yeah, I agree. What do you think? What's something that you can try out and see if it helps you maybe be a little more open to accepting help? Yeah, I think this is kind of like a parallel to that. And when I think about like, you know, the other piece of not just accepting help, but like having more people in my circle. So when I do need help, I have people to call on because I feel like that's a challenge for me that kind of goes hand in hand with that. And where I really struggled is I don't have a lot of close relationships with um, parents at my kids' school. I really don't. And so one of my goals has been to, um, you know, ask some moms out for coffee, which sometimes feels harder than it should be, um, but start trying, you know, have one or two mom coffee dates in the first part of the year um, to get to know people a little bit more than hi and goodbye on the playground. So that when I do need help, when I'm running late for a pickup, when something else is going on, like I have people that I know better. And right now I really don't have that network. 
Um, so while it is hard in general for me to ask for that kind of help, it's even harder when you don't have people that you know well, because it makes you feel even more like you're being judged or like, you know, that they, they don't know you well, so they don't know why you might be running late. But if they're your friend, they know that you've got a million things going on. They know about your job. They know what's going on. And so it's easier to ask for that type of help and not feel so judged or so vulnerable. So. Yeah. Well, and we can do a live example of accountability here. Something that I could add for this, for your goal is something that you could consider doing is asking yourself, do I need help? Like if you're refusing to ask, like just taking a beat, like five seconds mm-hmm. and just asking yourself, do I actually need help? And then being able to answer that and just trying that out, that may define for you whether you're coming from a place of like just wanting to get it done yourself versus being willing to actually ask for help when you really do need it. Yeah. So the idea here is, is you try these out. They're almost like mini experiments. Try these little things, write them down, see how it goes. And it's okay if it doesn't work out. Cause now, you know, now, you know, things that work, things that you don't, you, that aren't going to work. And a lot of times you learn something that you can use. The point is you're moving, you're moving forward and you're learning and you're growing. So then you reflect on what you like, what feels helpful. You have room to fail or pivot or try something else. It's all part of the journey and it's all okay. You can't do this wrong. You make the rules. It's your life. You're not doing it wrong, whatever it is. That's a big thing to know. There's no white knuckling or failing here. The impact of this approach is that you find a way forward that really is right for you and right for what you want to think about your life. And I think sometimes taking a few moments to actually make yourself, to actually like put words to it and write it down, even if it's in a very small way, I think that helps, you know, just so Mm -hmm. that it's not just like an abstract idea in your mind. So yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That's the strategy. And we actually, you know, we we filled out this worksheet. We made it a little more professional than my uh, Google Doc that I've used in the past. Flipped it out into a digital kit. It's actually on the Thirsty Shop. We People are already, funnily, we put it in the shop before this episode went live. People are already snapping it up. <laughs> so go check it out. Go check it out. See if it's for you. If you do use it, please share it on social. Let us know how it's going. Tag us. And you're also welcome to ask us questions. We are at Thirsty the Podcast on most platforms. Instagram is probably where we're most uh, active as well as Facebook and TikTok. We'd love to see how you're using it. And if you have any ideas for how to make it better, please let us know because we would gl- be glad to take that into consideration. And again, like use it for how it works for you. Going through the exercise of really thinking about like, you know, goals and steps and those pieces. And, you know, that's something that I might like throw in my journal or, you know, bring to our group chat and kind of talk talk through, you know, like talk through it with your friends and yeah. think about kind of those goals pieces for that. Because the other part of it is that accountability. I think it is really easy to like for work, you make goals, right? But if your boss wasn't keeping you accountable to those goals, you're probably not going to keep them up in the forefront as much. Like there is that drive and accountability piece that keeps it going. And I think this works in just the same way. Like don't do it in a vacuum, like bring other people in. Yeah. I mean, that's about being connected to other people. We can all be better together rather than alone. That's really true. And the whole point of all of this is not like step by step and then suddenly everything's going to be great. Mm-hmm. That That's being, that's the resolution again, right? And that's not what we're trying to do here. The idea is that you think 
more intentionally, like think deeper, be thoughtful, um, approach your life with intention. What are some things that are really hitting your heart that you would like to focus on for a bit and see how it feels, see how it goes. And again, you can't do it wrong. It's your life. You're in charge. I think there's just such a snowball effect too. Like, again, you're not going to like immediately wake up and your life is completely different and all of these things have changed. But when you look back over the year, like thinking about my goal, my hope would be that at the end of the year, I can look back and be like, all right, I've added these new friends into my circle. And now I have like a mom group at school that I'm friends with. And if I need help or if someone else needs help, that's a network that I didn't have before. And maybe I'll look around at house projects and go, hey, I did that with someone else. And look how much better it is because I let someone in to help me do this. And I was able to get more things accomplished than I would have on my own. Like, which is like silly little things, but like all of those little things add up to, or like for you with your kids, like you'll be able to look back and be like, this is our routine, or these are our special traditions we're building, or these are the ways that my kids share things with me after school where we didn't have that time carved out before. Like you'll notice all of those shifts. They just may not be like monumental all on their own. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, as we wrap off, looking overall at 2023, what are you looking forward to most or what do you hope for? That's a big question. Yeah, I mean, for, again, like I think about, I didn't go into 2022 with really any expectations. I didn't know what the year was going to bring me and I wasn't intentional about anything, but I was definitely more open. And I really just want to continue on that path this year and this next year and see, you know, where that brings me because I think it's, I think a lot of great things came out of 2022 and um, I want to be open to what the next year has to bring for me. I think something that has just been like kind of rolling around my mind that I'm drawn to is the idea of abundance. I think I'm ready to allow that into my heart because I haven't been good at letting that in. I think for a long time, I'm really ready to let in abundance, love, opportunities, experiences, And I think that's something I really just want to focus on and think about over the next year. And I mean, that's part of my strategy Mm -hmm. my self-growth is that I want that for myself. So I want to focus on really allowing myself to let that in. All right. Well, hope everyone is having some wonderful holidays. Happy New Year. Toast to you. Virtual champagne toast from over here. And yes, we know the difference between Prosecco, Cava, Champagne from France. We know. (laughs) But toast to you. Hope you had a great year. And I hope you have a great year ahead. Thank you. Bye. Still thirsty? Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Because sometimes life leaves you wanting just a little bit more.